Bonjour, hello everyone. What's happening? What's popping? What's good, my boys in Brazil? Don't know what I meant by that. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Wild. It's very, very good to be here. Look, what's different? What's different, huh? I'll tell you what's different. I got a new t-shirt. Look at that. Purpose to it. JB. Represent. Um, I was going to try and show you, but I don't know if I can turn it around. If you can see, whatever you can see, it just says, my mom, I don't like you, which is his lyrics from Love Yourself, I believe it is. If you don't know, that song was apparently written to Selena Gomez when she was complaining, you know, complaining as Selena did. Whoa, take it easy, Selena, but no, for real. I think Ed Sheeran wrote that with him. Or Ed Sheeran wrote it himself, and then, you know, Justin Bieber bought it. But it kind of did come out at the right time where people was like, Ah, he's saying it to Selena. My mom, I don't like you, and she like everyone. If you like the way you look so much, why don't you just go and love yourself? So I got a new t-shirt, and yes, I also got a new hat. It's taken some getting used to. I mean, I say that as if I wear it all day, every day. But it's a very particular sort of fit. You know, I've gotten a lot of compliments about it over the last couple of days, which is always really cool. And hey, man, I kind of dig it. What do you guys think? 10 out of 10? Solid? Should I chuck it in the bin? It cost me a lot of money, though. So probably not going to do that. Anyway, it's so good to see everybody. And it's so good to be back. Uh, obviously, incredible reception on the last one. What, like 2 million views within the first two hours or something? You guys are the best. Honestly, love you. Shout out, mom. Just joking. Uh, not joking about the shout out to you, mom. That's always applicable. But last episode was really fun. Uh, shout out to all my friends and my personal, you know, pers personal and close acquaintances listening. Hope you guys are doing well. Stick with me. Come on. Just stick with me until like the end, right? Stick, stick with me and in 10 years time, uh, you'll kind of look back and be like, I knew that guy. Because then obviously I would have moved on, you know, and I would be friends with, you know, like uh, Instagram influencers and, you know, big people. But until then, stick with me. It'll be a fun journey. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, now, I've kind of given some thought as to the structure and how I want this podcast to be going forward. Okay, because the thing is, I can't just have this be something that is unstructured, for lack of a better way to put it. So I've given it some considerable thought. Now I've got a really cool surprise happening next week, which is gonna be, I don't know if I should spoil it. I mean, I'm not gonna be spoiling it. The only reason I just wouldn't wanna say is because I'm, I'm worried it's gonna sound stupid and I'd prefer to just show you guys, but all, of it, all it's gonna be is me kind of interacting with uh, other people but from the comfort of my own place. I don't mean interviews. I'm not gonna be interviewing anybody next week. It's gonna be funny. It's just gonna be corley based things. To be honest, that's pretty much, I've given it all away. Anyway, I'm gonna be doing some prank calls. It's gonna be funny. I've got some really good ideas. The thing with prank calls is you have to be so careful as to how you do these things nowadays, right? It can't be too offensive. It can't be illegal. I had to look into that as well. Prank calls are not illegal, okay? If the police is watching this as evidence, I googled it, okay? 
and one of the first order results was it's not illegal. Okay, so thereby I need to be given amnesty and you need to let me go. Okay, I don't like it in there. It sucks. I'm cold. I'm cold and I'm hungry. Let me go. Anyway, so I think that's going to be really fun. Okay, I've got these kind of absurd ideas and that's that's the sort of the loophole of prank calling in 2023 is it has to be absurd nobody's gonna get hurt it can't be direct and personal do you remember that prank call when kate middleton was having a baby i just thought about that now for those that don't that, that don't know i actually want to tell you guys about this kate middleton baby prank call okay so the backstory behind this is Kate Middleton was about to have her first baby. And this was in the days where, you know, like the royal wedding was the biggest thing in the world. It was like 2010 or something. Biggest thing in the universe. Everybody was watching it. I watched it and I couldn't have given less of a shit. And I still bought into the hype. I'm bad with those sort of things. Like I'll watch sports games when it's the finals. Even though I didn't even know the sport existed up until an hour before the final. But then at the time, it's like, I can't miss this. This is a pivotal moment in human history. So I watched the royal wedding and I don't know what I expected. It was just two rich people getting married. And it was so boring, really boring. Anyway, now there was a prank call that happened that involved Kate Middleton right before she had her first child. So she was staying at a hospital. Now I'm not reading this from the screen, but I just want to make sure I've got my information correct. You know what? I think I've pretty much got it. So she was staying at a hospital in the United Kingdom and this Australian uh, radio show wanted to try and prank her. So what they did is they called the hospital, they got through to a nurse and pretended to be the queen. And they said, hello, my name is uh, Elizabeth. Can I speak to my daughter, Kate, please? And eventually it was passed to somebody else and people must have believed, or the, the individuals must have believed that this was genuine and it was really Elizabeth and she wanted to speak to Kate, happy days. And the woman who eventually passed the phone, hold on, let me actually see, did, did they get through to her? Crying about the health of her. Da, 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 da. Okay, no. There was a, a nurse by the name of Jacintha Saldana. Saldana was the one who picked up the phone and she redirected the call to a nurse looking after the Duchess. Okay, the Duchess being Kate Middleton. When the phone reached Kate Middleton or reached the Duchess, she was like, no, this doesn't sound right and put the phone down. Now the Australian news, I mean, the Australian radio station, man, I don't know what's going on with me today. I can't speak, but I'm doing okay. The Australian radio show who orchestrated this whole thing, they were quite proud of it. You know, they put it out the next day, et cetera, et cetera. And Jacintha received a tremendous amount of hate because of this. People are like, how could she have fallen for this? Kate Middleton's health could have been put in danger. Is that how easy it is to get through to people? And she freaked out. Okay, now the prank call was made. 
on the 2nd of December. Okay. No, sorry. The 2nd of December, uh, they announced that Catherine was pregnant. On the 4th of December, the prank call was made. And on the 7th of December, Jacintha Saldana... I don't know if the algorithm's going to pick up on that. I don't know what I can say and what I can't say. But how insane. She freaked out. She obviously got so much incredible backlash. And she... That is vile. That is so sad. That poor woman, you know, just doing her job. And these two Aussie blacks, let's see if we can get three. And then they did get three. As poor woman. I remember reading this first tomorrow and I was like, whoa, dude, you got to be careful with these sort of things. So my point is this. I've got some cool things planned. It's going to be fun. That's not going to happen to anybody. And it's going to be a really, really gentle, fun experience over the next <laughs> stupid hat over the next couple of months. So very glad to have you guys all here. Something I did want to go into a little bit is news. Okay. Now, I don't know where everybody else gets news. I used to get news from Reddit until Reddit just became a completely leftist scumbag platform that always just told me that I was evil. So I avoided Reddit and I thought it was, ah, leave it. And Reddit used to be so cool. I remember the, the, the conspiracy theory subreddit. Dude, if you were around in 2016, 17, and you were on that subreddit, you felt like you had this additional information, the secret vessel as to what's really going on in the world. It was amazing. I couldn't believe some of the cool things I used to be able to find on Reddit, right? Now it's just very watered down and people just use it to market their stuff. Uh, by the way, go have a look at my Reddit account, please, and thank you. But <clears throat> what was I just saying? I forgot. <laughs> this is not going well. <laughs> okay. I was talking about Reddit for some reason, and I don't know what I was talking about Reddit for. So something that I'm going to be doing is talking about the news. That, that's, that's what I was on about, is the news, right? So I used to get my news from Reddit, and then I stopped. And then things, uh, you know, you sort of lose touch. You kind of pick up on the important things from time to time via Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever just pops up on your thing. But nobody really searches for news anymore nowadays, except old people. You know, they'll sit down and want to go, ooh, let's read news.com. See what's been going on. Most people don't do that. I don't do that. I used to do something similar. So I'm going to say, you know what? I'm just going to tell you guys about some cool things that have happened over the last couple of days. See if it works. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, bear with me. Now, this is something that I read about, didn't really think about it too much until I started seeing some videos pop up about this. Disney is obviously big on remakes, right? Tons of remakes going on. Tons of content that's being remade because Disney doesn't have a fresh idea since the death of that guy, Walt Disney. I don't know what is going on with that company, okay? But I, I might have mentioned this last week. I, genuinely, they just, they, they went from being the epitome of just mo the most incredible creative company. I could imagine that if you, if you worked for, for, for Disney, you would have thought that you've made it, right? You're contributing towards the cultural progression of society. Now it's just remakes. Remakes, okay? In the last couple of years, they've remade Aladdin. I never watched it. The Lion King, never watched it. Mulan, I never watched it. And they're doing The Lion King again. 
I'm not joking. The last one was done by Jean Favreau. Didn't he also do the Jungle Book? They also redid the Jungle Book. Damn. Damn, Dak. Just do something. Go to the library. Get a new story. Try something new. Stop just trying to make bankable stuff where you guys can make an additional 20% on your cash. It sucks. Okay. I don't know anybody who's watching this stuff. And The Little Mermaid. So... Right now, they're doing to the Snow White, okay? Snow White. That sounds fun. You know, they did Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson. Cool. Haven't watched that either. But now they're doing Snow White, which, you know, that's, that's, that's fun, right? That's cool, right? There's some controversy around this, ladies and gentlemen. I got to tell you guys what it's about. So this is what popped up, okay? Two things. I'm going to talk about the boring one first. Is... They're rewriting the story. Originally, Snow White had Prince Charming coming to save her. Damsel in distress sort of thing, you know? Typical uh, copy and paste, feel good, ooh, save me, sort of thing. Great. People love that sort of stuff, don't they? Well, apparently not. So they've rewritten it. Now, Gal Gadot, she plays in the movie. She mentioned that the entire movie is going to be centered around how powerful and how strong Snow White is and how she doesn't need a Prince Charming. She's not a damsel in distress, was her exact words, the end bit there. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Where's the message? We've got to fit the message in here somewhere. Come on, come on, bring the message. Uh, you know, put it in there somewhere. I don't know how, just woof. He's like, oh, come on, man. Does everything we have to watch nowadays that's made by a gigantic media corporation have to have some sort of bigger story and bigger image about it? Oh. But the second one was a little bit more interesting. And it was about the seven dwarves. I said that funny because I don't know how to say dwarf without sounding like a thick South African. But the seven dwarves are exactly that. Dwarves, okay? Like Peter Dinklage, okay? Now he's going to pop up again pretty soon. Instead of casting dwarves, Disney has decided to cast people of diversity, people of color, uh, females as these dwarves. And I, I mean, it's so blatantly about, you know, making things different for the time. I'm not going to get into that at all. But what's upset the broader community is the fact that they didn't use dwarves. Okay, and, and I kind of thought about this for a little bit. And then I watched an interview with a dwarf. Speaking about this, a dwarf who's an actor in Hollywood. Okay, just like Peter Dinklage. And he said the following. We have so little work that goes around as it is. We're so underrepresented. The only work we ever get is elves, you know, mythical creatures and like Narnia and stuff like that. These are his words, by the way. It's like comedic roles, right? It's funny stuff. It's, it's almost impossible to see a dwarf in a normal role meant for a person of average height where they'll just be cast into it and they'll comfortably flow with it because companies don't know if it's going to work. You know, is it going to be too distracting, whatever it might be. I mean, when you think about Peter Dinklage in the in Game of Thrones, 
I don't, generally don't know. I don't know if his character is meant to be a dwarf. But even if his character wasn't meant to be a dwarf, Peter Dinklage pulls that entire character off really well. It's not even about him being a dwarf anymore. It's just the fact that Peter Dinklage is a good actor. He's in there. He happens to be a dwarf. I don't know about the books. If he is a dwarf, I don't know. And then I kind of thought to myself, yeah, could you imagine being a dwarf? You know, life's not easy if you're a dwarf. I'm sure you have some good parts, 100%, right? Think about if you're on a plane, leg room, whoa. If you go to a store or if you go to a restaurant, you don't have to worry about like portion sizes because even if you order from like the kids menu, decent, you know what I mean? So I'm sure there's some positives towards it. I don't know if what I just said was offensive. But it's tough. It's really tough to be a dwarf in Hollywood because there's so little work. And then imagine this gets announced, right? It's a bunch of dwarves trying to act. You know, they're on their last bit of cash, bit of paycheck. You know, they've been working on some things, doing some ads here and there, you know, for water slides or something, making it look bigger. I, I'm so sorry. And what happens? They go, oh, guys. Disney is filming a Snow White remake. No way. That's seven roles. That's seven roles for people like us, right? Guys, we're in for a payday. This is a Hollywood blockbuster. And they need seven dwarfs. Killer, bro. This is going to set my career on an insane trajectory. But then what happens is when they come out, and they've casted just for the sake of diversity. You have to think to yourself, well, now what? Like, this sucks. This is something that I was really looking forward to. I wanted to do this. And I did empathize with them 100%. I thought, that's not fair. You know, these dwarves have it hard enough as it is in the entertainment industry. So they spoke to, like, Wee Man from Jackass. And they're like, well, you know, what should they do? And then he brought up that Hugh Grant was casted as Wonka. I mean, Oompa Loompa in Wonka, which I also then thought, oh, damn, dude, maybe he's, maybe they got a point, right? You know, there's so much in Hollywood right now. If you're a, a straight person, you shouldn't be playing somebody who's gay. If you are not a transgender person, you shouldn't be playing somebody who's transgender. If this role is meant for somebody of color, you can't play it if you're not a person of color, whatever it might be, right? All these things, all these rules that have popped up now. But then when it comes to this, it's just so blatantly ignored. And I thought, that's not fair. Maybe these individuals have a very good point. So they spoke to they spoke to Wee Man and, and he said, oh, they should scrap production and restart it again. I mean, they obviously won't do that. Movies coming out March 2024. Don't forget to pay me for this uh, sponsorship message as well, Disney. And people are like, oh, it's starting out on a bad foot. It's probably not. It's probably not, not going to work anyway. Some kids will probably go see it and then they'll put it straight onto Disney Plus. That's just ticking over anyway. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about something else. So I saw this the other day. Posty, my boy, he's back. 
So, firstly, his new album just came out. It's called Austin. I might update you guys on these sort of things as well. You know, when new music comes out or something cool. I love Post Malone. I don't know what it is about him, but he is just the coolest dude. He is obviously very successful and I love his music. But you know why I think I dig him so much? He's just the coolest, nicest dude in the world. So friendly, so kind, so gentle to so many people. <laughs> it sounds like I'm talking about a big bear. But I love Post Malone, right? His, his new album just came out and I genuinely love his music. I think his music is good. It hits my eardrums beautifully. It's that repetitive, goofy stuff that's just very easy to take in, catchy as hell. So I wish him nothing, most, nothing but the best. He's obviously made a ton of cash. Do you know that he used to work in a chicken shop? He used to fry chicken. He used to fry chicken. And look at him now. Now he's got this beautiful house in, uh, where is it? I think it's in Colorado. Just somewhere super snowy. And he just chills there with his girlfriend and his new baby. Congratulations on that, by the way, Posty. If I ever get your address, I'll send you uh, like a t-shirt or something. Uh, a wild t-shirt for the little one. Anyway, so he just bought a $2 million Magic the Gathering card. Now, I don't know if you guys know what Magic the Gathering is, but it is a trading card game with orcs and norks and dorks. And I generally didn't realize how big it is, right? I have heard of Magic the Gathering. I used to know this guy that played it a lot. And he tried to get me into it. And I remember him, he sat me down. He's like, okay, cool. This is how it's played. And I probably listened to him for about two minutes and I looked at him and I was like, dude, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not interested. This is so boring. You can play these games all you'd like, but just leave me out of it. It was just so dumb. Anyway, it's still very popular. Obviously, nerds. Putting a lot of people's kids through college. Bless you guys. So what's happened with this is a few months ago, a Lord of the Rings expansion pack was announced, just meaning that it's the Magic the Gathering universe, but they're gonna have Lord of the Rings characters and Lord of the Rings things that's popping up now alongside these things, okay? Cool, characters from that series. What a boring series. Anyway, it's all good. But this was interesting. There's one ring, right? They made one card, one card in the Magic the Gathering expansion release, just one, not one and then reprinted it, only one of the ring. It's called the One Ring card. And it was estimated to be worth about $2 million. As soon as I saw that, I obviously thought to myself, oh man, dude, I should just, I should just go, wait outside, help an old lady cross the street, do that three or four times, build up some good karma, go straight to the nerd shop, pick up a pack of those cards, and who knows? I could get that shit. It could be here, you know? Somewhere in the world. It's kind of like the golden ticket from Willy Wonka. See how I circle these things back? Fucking genius, bro. Anyway, so the card was released, and people were like, who's gonna find it? Who's gonna find it? And then in the end, some dude found it. Some nerd. And he decided to put it up for sale. And guess who bought it? Posty 
Maloney's. $2 million. So that kind of got me thinking. I was like, bro, I can't believe some of these cards are as expensive as they are. So why don't we just do this? Okay, this might be interesting. If this is something that you find interesting, 100%, please feel free to listen for the next little bit. But I thought about what are the most expensive trading cards of all time? Not just in Magic the Gathering, right? There's a bunch of different things. You've got Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, uh, baseball, soccer, whatever it might be. So I found a little article and I'm gonna read through it. So Yu-Gi-Oh! So the most expensive Yu-Gi-Oh card of all time is a 2001 Asia Championship Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. The last time it sold was for $335,000. That's a lot. So it was a tournament exclusive as well. So obviously they had a bunch of tournaments, a bunch of players competing against each other to see who's the best Yu-Gi-Oh! And whoever won this managed to then win this card. So at the moment, it's, uh, let's see. That honor would go to a special stainless steel version of the mythical Black Luster Soldier. I don't know what this all is. Uh, okay. Oh, that, that's uh, very, very exciting. Okay, so the last time that card was sold was for 45 million yen in 2023. Uh, it's exchange values. So that's just some guy in Japan who's got that. Nah, kind of boring. All right, soccer. So the most expensive soccer card of all time is a Alifa, Alifa Bolaget Pele rookie card. I don't know, maybe Brazil or something. Pele, sound like food. That sold for one point three million dollars. What's the um, significance of that? Oh, it's a company that's gone out of production and it has a gentleman by the name of Pele who made his debut for Brazil in the World Cup when he was 17. Wow, that's young, bro. At 17, I was just, what was I doing at 17? I was like watching Harold and Kumar. I was watching Hostel and just pausing on the boobs. 17 and he's working in the and he's uh, doing the, the World Cup. It's pretty sick, bro. So that's what it is. It's a gentleman called Pele, who's now still uh, obviously a soccer player or used to be. And it's like the first time he was ever featured. That's pretty interesting. I'll, I'll give it that. Here we go. Magic the Gathering, the one ring. One of one. So only one copy of it. Singularly serialized. Uh, the most expensive in the set. Yeah, a lot of a massive treasure hunt that started in the Magic the Gathering world for somebody to try and find it. That's pretty damn cool. That's pretty damn cool. The ring was opened at a store in Canada in June 2023, after which it was graded and confirmed to be the real deal. Uh, then a video posted on TikTok revealed that the ring had been sold to rapper Post Malone. Post Malone himself is an avid player of the card game. Sorry if I might have knocked that posty. Having appeared in multiple rounds of Commander format gameplay across YouTube channels. Uh, nice. So many fans were overjoyed to see that the One Ring was now in the hands of someone who genuinely enjoyed the activity rather than someone who purchased it only for clout and eventual resale. Oh, that's sweet, dude. That's so cute. I think that that's very, very nice. All right, what about uh, football? 
Let's see what's up in the footy world. So we've got Patrick Mahone's two rookie card, which sold for $4.3 million. Okay, I'm going to read this. Although he's relatively young, Patrick Mahomes uh, II has quickly become one of the most decorated players of our time with two big games, big game MVP titles, and NFL MVP roles as well. Uh, it only stands to reason that this rookie card would stand as one of the most coveted by many football card collectors. In July 2021, a copy of the autographed rookie card sold for $4.3 million in a private sale. Collectors are already aiming to get their hands on these valuable early day cards. And as the titles grow, so too will its value, we assume. Sick. That's incredible. Am I right, folks? I always thought that those sort of cards were so cool. Man, I wish I grew up in America. You guys just have all the coolest shit. Uh, here we go. Pokemon Illustrator Pikachu. Isn't this the one that Logan Paul has? It's just like a... It's a Seems to be a Japanese Pikachu card. Why is it so expensive? Okay, same thing. The special Pikachu card was issued exclusively to the winners of a series of contests in Koro Koro Comics between 1997 to 1998. That's like when Pokemon got big, right? Only 41 are known to exist. 39 issued to winners of the competitions and two in the personal collection of the card game's co-creator. In previous years, copies have sold for $195,000 to $900,000, but a recent sale has blown all of these previous transactions out the water. In July 2021, controversial YouTuber Logan Paul purchased a Pikachu Illustrator with a condition grade of 10 in exchange for a copy with a grade of 9 and an additional $4 million in cash adding the value of the traded card onto the lump sum resulted in an overall sale worth 5.275 million. And also a Guinness World Book Record thing. Then we've got a Stephen Curry rookie card for basketball, 5.9 million. Baseball, Mickey Mantle, 12.6. That is guaranteed the most expensive. That's ridiculous. The chairman of the cardboard by some sites. The combination of a legendary player and extremely low quantity that exists have both led to the card gaining tremendous notoriety for future for collectible card fans. Damn, dog, that's insane. Oh, it's a 10 as well. So it's like a super old card. When did this come out? Oh, I'd love to know. 1952. Damn, no wonder. That would just be somebody who got a card like that and... Just thought, oh, this is going to be worth money. And, you know, they would just completely keep it close. Take such good care of it. Put it in a plastic sleeve. I mean, from 1952. That's insane. It's like 70, uh, 70 years ago. Exactly. So, uh, you know, when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh, right? I was so big into Yu-Gi-Oh. I realized I've, I've just had a go at the Magic the Gathering nerds. I'm sorry. Okay. But when it comes to something like Yu-Gi-Oh, dude, I was huge in Yu-Gi-Oh. I had spent all my money, so much cash. Every birthday, Christmas, I used to go, Mom, can I have money to go buy myself more booster packs for Yu-Gi-Oh? And she would be like, okay, cool. And for three years, I just, I built up this huge deck, right? 
And I know this is not going to sound that cool, but I want you guys to hear me out, okay? I had this big stack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards on this side, and then I had this tiny stack on this side with the strongest cards. I don't even know how that game works anymore, but I was just really, I was like autistically good at Yu-Gi-Oh. I just knew how everything worked, okay? And I would smash people. I would genuinely smash people. I was in primary school, and then you'd bring your, your, your deck to, work, uh, to, to school and you'd play kids. And I never lost a single game. It got to the point where I was nine years old and the 13 year old kids, now just think about how cool this would sound if you were nine. The 13 year old kids in school, who you would obviously never see because you know they're 13 and you're nine, why would they wanna know you? They used to come and look for me. They used to, they heard about the legend of me and they wanted to find me to play me. And they would always go, can we play for pink slips? Pink slips like the need for speed thing. You know, if I win, I get your deck. And I was always like, no, because even, you know, I would even, even if I still won, number one, I feel guilty about taking a kid's thing. You'd probably just go home and tell his mom and I'd give it back the next day. But number two, I wouldn't want to risk it, right? I was so proud of that stuff. I didn't necessarily take good care of my cards. I would have them in my pocket and stuff. But I had cards back then that would be worth a lot of money now. And I left for, I don't know, school or something the one day. And I came back and my cards were just gone. And I was like, where's my cards? And what had happened was, is my grandma, bless you, grandma, I love you. She had gone to church the previous Sunday. And they had spoken about how evil Yu-Gi-Oh was. And she called my mom in a frenzy and she was like, you need to get those things away from him. And then that's exactly what they did. Apparently my mom took the cards and uh, yeah, she just threw them away. And by the time I figured it out, it was gone. Ugh. I was very sad. It would have been so cool to still have those. I don't blame you though, grandma. It's not your fault. Still love you. Okay, so fuck's sake. Okay, so my camera just cut out. The stupid thing, I hate it when it does that and I didn't know, so I don't know where I cut it off. Uh, I was thinking about just re-recording that last bit, but blah. I don't like being disingenuous with those sort of things. So don't worry about it. Uh, the last thing I spoke about, we're just pretty much gonna pick off, uh, pick up straight where we left off. Okay, so yeah, Granny, I don't blame you. Still super annoying. You know, that stuff would've been worth a lot of cash, a lot of dough, but it's all good. Um, all right, so what else is going on, right? Let's see what else has happened in the news with stuff. What about my boy Trump? Do we ever even hear about this guy anymore? Is he still alive? Of course he is. But we don't really know too much. Like I would imagine that most people know that he's in court. Most people know that he's currently facing deposition charges. And I wanted to just circle back and figure out exactly what it is that's going on. Now, would it surprise you to know that Donald Trump is currently facing 561 years in jail? That's a lot. That's a lot. Like the guy's 77, right? You know, people were thinking about, oh, is he going to run again? What's going to happen? So for those that don't know, and I'm sure you would, but maybe you're just not clued in. Trump is currently facing three separate indictments so far. He's going to be in and out of court for a while, okay? The first is 
by the state of New York regarding his payments to Stormy Daniels and whether or not campaign funds were misappropriated for that purpose to pay her. The second one is a federal indictment regarding his possession of classified documents and related crimes such as conspiring to destroy evidence. And then the third and latest is another old federal one. This is about the January 6th coup and the negativity that happened with that. So it seems that for all intents and purposes, my boy, Trump is in some serious trouble. Now, I really didn't think that anything too crazy would happen from that. But 561 years in jail? That's pretty serious stuff, man. Could you imagine if that poor guy... Like, listen, you know, I am not necessarily a Trump supporter, but it's it's pretty sad, right? When you're in an incredible country like the United States and everything just becomes this cartoon of politics. Like Joe Biden's just announced that he's running 2024. He did it with this advertisement with a coffee cup. Very sick, Joe. Cup of Joe. I get it. And people are like, oh, well, who's going to who's who's going to run against him? I actually want to see Republican 2024 candidate. Because the thing is, if it was Trump, surely he would have had to announce it by now. No, it seems that he has. It seems that he announced it in, in November of last year. Ah, but nobody's even talking about that anymore, huh? Here we go. Ron DeSantis. Donald Trump. Nikki Haley. Mike Pence. Tim Scott. Ted Cruz. No, he's been ruled out. Ryan Binkley. Doug Durnham. Chris Larry Elder. Oh, what a bunch of boring boring bullshit so yes it's sad but you know i don't think trump should be i don't think trump should be in jail 561 years they should make me judge anyways uh that sounded a lot more interesting in my head okay so we've got a couple of things more don't stress i'm not gonna bore any of you so i didn't really want to give this any airtime on my show because i don't like her and I didn't want to talk about it, but I did think it was quite interesting. Lizzo, okay? Now, this can be very quick. But Lizzo, who's historically this individual who's so big about taking care of your fellow people, just like Ellen, you know, being positive about everyone, not breaking people down, she is now being sued. She's being sued by her backup dancers. So I want to just read to you the allegations. Okay, one of Lizzo's staff repeat a uh, proselytized repeatedly at one of the dancers and overshared personal details about that person, um, and derided who participated in premarital sex. You gross. The same staff member would simulate. I can't talk about these things. The same staff member would simulate oral sex on bananas as a party trick and discuss in detail about her. I can't talk about this. Okay. Basically, Lizzo made her dancers do some gross things, uh, not because they didn't want to, but because she uh, kind of like 
coaxed them and made them do things when they were on tour like they would go and see these sort of like sex shows and be like oh do it yeah do it no you got to do it and then they'd have to like do things with bananas and stuff like that uh that's gross i can't read any of the stuff i'll put a link down below but there's no way i can talk about these things because this will get taken down immediately uh but it's basically just a bunch of like sex related stuff and Lizzo made them feel that in order to continue working with her, they needed to partake in these risky activities for the amusement of everybody. It's nothing too crazy, but it's still pretty darn gross. Okay, Lizzo, let's see what happens with you. All the best. Uh, if you need anybody to be your PR person, piss off. I don't want to know yet. Alrighty. So this happened yesterday, and I was super out of the loop. Have you guys ever heard of Kai Sennett? I don't know who that was, but Kai Sinnott is the biggest streamer on Twitch, okay? Twitch, a streaming platform, absolutely missed that boat, totally should have done it. But he's the number one, right? Definitely makes tons of cash. And he was announced as the number one earlier in the week. And to celebrate, he went to New York City. And he told his fans the following. He said, hey, my boys, I'm going to New York City to celebrate. I'm going to be here. In this location, on that day, I'm going to be giving out cash. I'm going to be giving out hoodies. I'm going to be giving out hats. I'm going to be giving out PS5s. I want to see my homies there. And, you know, they didn't really think about how many people would show up. But they had more than 2,000 people. 2,000 rowdy-ass teens congregating in the same spot, desperate for that Sony fucking PS5. And a huge, huge riot ensued. And the first thing that I thought about when I saw this was, who the fuck is Kai Sennett? Never seen this guy before in my life. Never seen him before. I'm, uh, I, it's, it's just, I'm getting to that age now. Do you remember that, that scene in The Simpsons where Homer's busy talking to his dad? And he's listening to music. And his dad goes, what you're listening to? And he goes, it's music, man. You just don't understand it. This is what's in. You don't get it because you're old. And Grandpa Simpson goes, I used to be with it. But then they changed what it was. Now what's it seems weird and scary to me. And it'll happen to you. A hundred percent. 100%. Like, I don't know any of these any of these big guys now. Uh, you know, I, I'll see these things pop up on Twitter where it goes, Breaking. Jesse Inglesias and Barbara Walters are officially dating. And it shows a photo of these, like, two kids. It's like 18, 19. And then people be like, Oh my God, that's crazy. And I got no idea who these people are. And I just feel like such a fucking dinosaur. Okay, last thing. Now, this popped up on my Twitter feed literally right before I started, and it gave me this idea. So, WWE, wrestling, it's still around, you know? You still got some people who watch it. It's still real to me, damn it. Now, I used to be big into WWE, right? So, this popped up because Logan Paul, who's now a wrestler, as if the dude doesn't have enough money, just like, go relax, bro. Damn, you got to do WWE? 
Anyway, so he recently hit one of his opponents with brass knuckles at a SummerSlam event. And obviously everybody freaked out. Can you believe me that? It's all fake. It's all bullshit anyway. But then I thought to myself, fake wrestling headlines. Have you ever seen some of this shit? It's mind-boggling. It is insane, the sort of stuff that I used to believe. Now, I used to love wrestling. I don't know why. Don't even know how I got into it. But I just thought it was the coolest thing. Who was my favorite? Eddie Guerrero was good. Actually, you know, look at my track record. Chris Benoit. He was my number one guy. Until he ended up killing his wife and kid. And himself. <sighs> then Eddie Guerrero. Who then died. I think he died from a heart attack. From steroids. Something like that. But yeah, those are my guys. Chris Benoit. Then Eddie Guerrero, and then Matt Hardy. Dude, I thought Matt Hardy was the coolest guy in the world. I think I even wanted to change my name to Matt Hardy. Ugh, so stupid. Anyway, so I wanted to read about the most absurd wrestling storylines of the last 20 years. Now, this is stuff that, you know, when it happened, I believed it. I I genuinely thought that this is the sort of, this is what was happening. Like this is why I was so invested. Some of this is stuff that I've been too young for, so I just kind of found some stuff as well. I'm gonna read it off. Number one is Kane loses his baby. So this was, you know, obviously Kane and the Undertaker. They are brothers, you know, even though they're not, but Kane lost a baby with his girlfriend, his his on-screen girlfriend, because somebody pushed this girl in the ring. And then the baby, it sounds morbid. I'm going to get past this one quick. And then she fell on her tummy. And then Kane was upset because he's then lost this baby. And I remember watching the footage. I found this the other day and watching the footage. And it's just like quick cutaway shots of a woman in a hospital and Kane crying in his wrestling outfit. And I was like, bro, this is like serious shit. And they, they're using this to further wrestling matches, man. You know, and people were just like going crazy over it. And then Kane was going to wrestle the guy who pushed his wife over. That was the build up towards like SummerSlam or something, you know, or Hell in a Cell or Armageddon. It's all these aggressive words, volcanic eruption. Uh, secondly was Randy Orton kills Undertaker. I don't know if you would, if you would have seen this, but Randy Orton and the Undertaker... This is so cool, now that I think about it as well. They were battling it out, you know. Don't even know where the beef started, but it finished with Randy Orton putting The Undertaker in a coffin. There, you know, next to the ring. Breaking through the top, pouring gasoline into the coffin and then lighting it. I remember watching this on a Sunday... And I was just so freaked out. I told my mom I didn't want to go to school. I was like, Mom, I, I, I just, I've just witnessed a murder. I don't want to go to school tomorrow. This is serious shit. How can this just be on TV? And, you know, then they, they really bought into it too. The Undertaker is dead. Rest in peace. And then about a month later, a month later, right? Randy Orton is finishing up a match. And then, out of nowhere, The Undertaker's music starts playing. Boom! And everybody just freaks out. 
and and the Undertaker's like, "I'm coming for you, Randy." Dude, scared the hell out of me as a child. Uh, then you get into like the more absurd stuff. Like, listen to this, May Young. So May Young was a wrestler. She was just like female wrestler, but she was old, right? In the early two thousands, she was seventy seven years old, and she had a baby with a guy called Mark Henry. 77 did and mark henry falls in love with her because she was coaching him or something and then she ends up having a baby but it's a big hand when he was born just so stupid then we've got shane and vince mcmahon this one was good versus sean michaels and god very true so sean michaels had become religious and throughout the feud between shane and vince mcmahon they had uh, insinuated that God was going to come and wrestle against Vince and he was going to be Shawn Michaels' tag team partner, generally speaking. And on the actual day of the wrestle, they had a big light shine down that just moved like this, and that was God. Ridiculous. Then they had Kane versus Kane. So that was as simple as it sounds. Kane, the same character as before. They had him from the future come back and wrestle him because he's made some sort of mistake. My favorite one, okay, was Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. So there was a lot of back and forth over Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio about Rey Mysterio's child. Eddie had decided that this child was actually his. It's not Ray's, but it's actually Eddie's illegitimate child with Ray's either current wife or then wife, whatever it might be. So then the only way that they could settle this, <laughs> the way to get custody of Ray Mysterio's child was through a ladder match. Something that could have been settled in court, but it no 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 had to be done in a fucking ladder match. It's amazing. And the thing is. I know it sounds so absurd reading these things out now, but I really believed it. I genuinely, genuinely believed that The Undertaker had come back from the dead. I really, really believed that Rey Mysterio was getting his heart broken and he wasn't able to see his kid. And the only way that he was going to get him back was by beating Eddie Guerrero in a fucking ladder match. I got so invested. And people still believe these things, you know? I don't know if it's... Uh, no, it can't be as big anymore. I think people have all grown up a lot now. You know, TV's changed. The only people who would still watch this and actually get invested and believe it is just... There's probably like 40 rednecks out in the middle of the sticks that still believes that Shawn Michaels is going to fucking fight the devil tomorrow. Well, bless you, WWE... You guys gave me some really good memories. Anyway, I'm going to cut it there for the day. I'm sorry about the stupid camera. Hope you guys had fun. Next week is going to be a really big one. I'm very excited for it. So you guys all take care of yourselves. What do you think of the new setup, by the way? You see that thing? It's cool. I love the stupid sign. Alrighty, guys. Have a great day. Shaka bra. I'm out.